Hello, and thanks for finding us. Karam Deo is a local church in Denver, Colorado. We're a network of friends following Jesus together. Join us for preaching, teaching, announcements, and other musings. Hey, Karam Deo family. Welcome. Merry Christmas. The title for this message is Might from the Margins. So let's dive in. 2020 has been a crazy year. Honestly, there's been a lot of good that's come in many ways. I think all of us could testify to the way this pandemic has forced us to simplify, to refocus our lives, to abandon outdated and cumbersome uh, systems and processes, whether it's at the workplace or in our family life, whatever it might be. And, And I would say perhaps the greatest good, some might contest this, but has been like the level of exposing that has happened to all of us, the exposing of our unhealthy, poor habits on a personal level. And then on a broader societal level, uh, an exposing of things that many of us were probably blind to, things like racial inequality, racial unrest, and and also even the, the stark, almost bitter, vitriol nationalism that emerged around the political season. And as hard as a lot of that stuff was, I think the reality is it was there all along And in the long run, it's so healthy that it's exposed. Um, But on the flip side, there's been a lot of bad too. I mean, obviously the loss of life through COVID. um, And I would even say the loss of quality of life through COVID. So yeah, not only the disease, but the relational, the economic, the mental health uh, implications that it has caused and all the shutdowns have caused, the loss of jobs, um, the isolation, you know, it's just been a lot and and I think this whole year for me as I'm reflecting on it the the phrase that comes to my mind is is this like odd mood uh of cultural clamor and like there have been waves throughout the year of anxiety uh fear frustration apathy rebellious angst uh control blame And I sense now at the end that all of that is just kind of mixed together. And it's just this noise, this cultural noise. And the word glamour literally just means like a group of people, a large crowd of people just making noise. And I think in many of us could attest to the way we hop on social media, we hop on the internet, we read blogs, we read articles, we watch YouTube videos, we, we have conversations with friends, we call loved ones on the phone, we have people over for dinner. And it's just a lot of talking about the same things over and over again and a lot of noise 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 and and that over time i think has started to shape our not only our external worlds but our internal worlds as well and noise 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 and now i'm not saying that it's evil or wrong to process those things i think there's a a space and a necessity for us to verbally work through some of the things we've gone through this year but my, my simple concern, I think, and question as I'm sitting down and as we're approaching this Christmas holiday, reflecting on the life of Jesus is after a year like 2020, are we as a people more congruent with Jesus or less? How has this year changed us? How has it formed us? How has it changed our, our rhythms, our lives, our mindsets? Who has it made us to be like? 
what fearful, combative, and just plain noisy thought patterns has it entrenched. And so the text for today is this very familiar story that Matt kind of introduced us to uh, and following along in Luke's account of the nativity story, the, the birth of Jesus. And Matt led us through kind of the familiar portion of the text, right? Mary and Joseph, this poor young couple traveling home for a census, no place to stay, or at least no one willing to let them have a child in their home. And so they're forced into a stable or a cave or some, some facility for livestock. And these lowly shepherds tending their sheep in the middle of the night are the first to hear this good news of great joy for all people, that there has been a savior, a Messiah born for humanity. And the part of the text that I actually want to dive into as I was just reading over and over Luke 1 and 2 this week, is a little bit after this in Luke 2, verse 22. And this is kind of one of those obscure stories that we normally skip and read right past. But I'm just going to read it here. Verse 22, all the way until verse 40. So when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him, Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, again, this tells us that, that Mary and Joseph are poor because the law actually asks that you sacrifice a lamb and it makes this kind of accommodation for those who can't afford a lamb. So we know that they're in poverty. Verse 25, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation, the comfort of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So this is an echo. This is reminding us of, of the story of Israel, right? Uh, the father of this nation who who, after being reunited with his son Joseph, finally looked upon his face and said, ah, now I can die, right? So Simeon's being portrayed as this, this character like the faithful heroes of the Old Testament. Verse 27, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. And there was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. 
When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. So this story, you know, it's one of those obscure side tales. And I'm just trying to put myself in these shoes as a, as a new father, young parent, maybe not in poverty, but I, I can relate. And Mary and Joseph come walking into the temple and it's just an ordinary day. And this old man is out in the temple courts, pacing around, probably praying, and the Holy Spirit speaks to him. And, it, you know, is it happenstance that he was there? Was it the sovereignty of God or probably more likely something kind of in between, some mixture of what happens when a willing and faithful and open heart is spoken to by the Holy Spirit and is guided by the Spirit. And, and this elderly man, Simeon, sees this young family enter and, and something tells him that this child is special, this longing in his heart, this, this thing that he's been praying for every day, year in, year out for most of his life more than likely, is being fulfilled before his very eyes. And again, there's no trumpets, there's no Twitter tweets, there's no, there's no crowds. It's just an old man going up to this young couple and taking a baby in his arms and blessing him and speaking a prophetic word over the destiny and looking into the mom and dad's eyes, calling out who this child's going to be. And I can't even imagine as a young parent the formative role that those words would have on the way I would see my child, raise my child, um, you know, the formate, formative role that those words would have over the next 30 years in preparation for Jesus's life and ministry. And, and Simeon is, you know, he's not, he's not uh, flamboyant or all we know about him is that he's consistent, steady, holy, innocent, pious, devout. And, and similar, Anna, like him, Again, like the prophets of old, she's fully consecrated to the Lord. She spends her days and apparently her nights, I don't know how she gets away with that, living in the temple, just praying and worshiping and fasting. She's this woman of piety and passion. And similarly, as they're leaving the temple gate, she grabs the child and again speaks prophetically over his destiny. And I, I'm reading through this story. And again, I know the focus should be on the birth story, which is the focus of every Christmas, but I just can't help the Lord's just like pricking my heart and my attention to these two elderly people who are not impressive by the world's standards, but they have proven faithful and they get to play this key role in ushering in God incarnate. And I couldn't help but ask myself, what kind of man was Simeon? What kind of woman was Anna? And how would they respond and live their lives in a year like 2020? How would they respond to the clamor the noise, the noise, the noise. And in all honesty, their, their cultural moment that they're living through is that at, it's very different than ours, but it's at least as harsh, if not harsher. Uh, they're living under Roman occupancy. A foreign military power occupies their land. They have limited freedoms. They don't know this yet, but in a couple months, the, the ruling governor is about to put out an order to put to death all the babies under two years old. So this is... This is like World War II status circumstances that they're living through. And here's what I love about Luke's portrayal of these two elderly, obedient, faithful lovers of God. He's, he's portraying them in this perfect continuity with the prophets of old, with 
the men and women who had fully consecrated themselves to God. And then also in part two of Luke's book, so the Gospel of Luke, and then part two is the story of Acts, what Jesus continued to do through the apostles empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we have stories just like this in Acts. For example, when Paul has his encounter with Christ on the road to Damascus, and then he's blinded, he's struck blind, and then the Holy Spirit comes to Ananias, another obscure disciple in the margins, and speaks to him to go and pray over his brother Saul and heal him. And which he's not inclined to do because Saul's been murdering people uh, who follow Jesus. And then similarly, later on with the Apostle Peter, we have this obscure Gentile named Cornelius who God comes to in a vision while he's in prayer and speaks to him about the Apostle Peter coming to his house and then he's baptized in the Holy Spirit and his whole household gets saved, right? And, and the story of God is filled with these obscure people on the margins who demonstrate radical faithfulness. And, and these humble people, this humble birth story that Matt told us, and eventually the humiliating death that Christ will endure, they're not just isolated events of happenstance. They, they reveal the texture and the pattern of God's method. It's a, it's, a, it's a way of life that God invites the people of God into. And they're saturated. This is God's MO, right? It's, it's might from the margin. It's, it's power and movement from obscurity. And the story of God has always and will always advance through the mighty devotion and faithfulness of men and women who live in the shadows of obscurity. And so to close, I mean, what's my point? I think as we reflect on this crazy year of 2020, I want to invite us to this similar type of faithful obscurity that we would not get lost in, in the clamoring and the fighting and the trying to convert people to different political views or ideologies or trying to solve all the world's problems. And, and again, we should engage. We don't, we don't withdraw from culture. We don't withdraw from the problems of society, but we don't get lost in them either as followers of Jesus. And I was... We were in house church this last Tuesday over Zoom, doing Spotify worship, super sexy. And sure enough, the Holy Spirit kind of started to encounter me. And, and I felt that I was, we were praying about, we had just covered the crucifixion and uh, we were being led through some of the passages on new creation. So the resurrection and the birth of the church. And so we're kind of, all these ideas are swimming in my head and I'm, I'm just worshiping and praying about Jesus and, and I know that I'm supposed to prepare this message and and I'm praying about like this idea like is is this even biblical God is this the right idea that you bring might from the margins and and I felt like the Lord spoke this phrase to me so clear he said it it was the quality of his life not the volume of his voice it was the quality of his life not the volume of his voice and Man, in the gospel accounts, when you think about it, there's all these crazy stories about healings and, uh, and the crowds that he speaks to and teaches. But at the end of the day, he's, he, it's pretty clear that he's mostly tolerating the crowds out of a sense of like loving mercy, that they actually don't have much of anything to do with his agenda or his goal, his mission. And, and I think, again, the cross, just like his birth, just like 
these faithful stewards of, of the presence of God in the Old Testament, Simeon and Anna, and then Ananias and Cornelius, they reveal the, the content and the purposes of God as being faithful from obscurity. And, and it's the quality of Christ's life that, that makes it impossible for death to swallow him. It's not a platform. It's not any fancy teaching he gave. It's the sheer purity and quality of his life that makes it impossible to be overcome by the curse on man. And so in closing, I think we, we're ending this year and there's this mood of clamoring and noise. And now more than ever, I just pray and I plead with God that he'd make us like these faithful, obedient people from the past, that he'd make us like Simeon and Anna, that we wouldn't be ones so lost in the noise that we miss it, that we miss what God is actually doing in our efforts to, to assert or create or push our own agendas. So on a night when we gather to celebrate how God became like us, please get captivated by this invitation to become like him, that we might be people known for the quality of our lives, not the volume of our voices. And so as we leave 2020 behind, I'll close with these fitting words from a guy who knew Jesus pretty well. This is from James chapter one, verse two through five. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely, even 2020. Let it do its work so you become mature, well-developed, not deficient in any way. If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. And you'll get his help, and he won't be condescending towards you when you ask. And so we just pray that over this church family, Jesus. I just pray that you'd catch us up into this beautiful story. I pray that you'd renew our imaginations of what it means to be human, what it means to follow you, Jesus. You'd remind us and renew our imaginations that you've always exerted power. You've always exerted might and change from the margins. Yeah, and so give us the strength we need. I pray the intimacy we need, the depth we need to be people who have lives of quality. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to connect further, please visit us at www.cdchurch.org.